church. Uh, it's our church, but it's it's God's church. And I think you understand what I mean by that. Uh, but I, I want to just say uh, from the outset tonight, amen, uh, how grateful we are for everything that God is doing in our church. Um, we had a tremendous uh, response this last Sunday. Uh, this last Sunday morning, uh, we had a great response from our outreach. We had on the previous day on Saturday, uh, and by way of announcements, we're going to be uh, on outreach again this Saturday for all those that are able to, to join with us. Uh, we're going to be doing that um, this coming Saturday at 11 o'clock, and we're going to be looking forward to uh, uh, seeing what God will do in our Sunday school department. Um, we had, I believe, eight new people from outreach that came this past Sunday, and uh, that's our probably our biggest uh, response yet from outreach. And many of us were directly involved with connecting with people uh, and, and being, a, and we were part of what God is doing. And I believe that there will be more that come uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, because of our, con- our continued effort in reaching out into our community, it is the will of God uh, that we reach out into our community and we um, are helping to find and facilitate what God wants to do in this city. Amen. There is great plans that God has for this city, and I've said it before, but you know, you could take a, a bike ride or a short walk. Um, I believe it would be west, west Lathrop. River Islands beyond that, they're, they're building like crazy. There's so many homes that are going up, uh, the plans. I believe Brother Miguel's to get 50,000 in a few years, and they're just building like crazy. And I believe that in, in, in lieu of that, that God has uh, designated this church, this place, uh, this assembly to be a facilitator, facilitator, to play the role of facilitator for the revival that God has in store for this city. Amen. I want to be on the front lines. I want to be involved, and I want my life to count for the things of God. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna see God do that uh, in the coming days, weeks, months, even years. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna see God do some great things in our church. Uh, so we're looking forward to that um, this coming Saturday, as many as are able to, 11 o'clock. Uh, we're gonna be uh, knocking doors again to reach the kids of the community. And uh, we're excited to see uh, Brother Paul and Serena bring our first people from Sunday School Outreach this Sunday. Typically we go on, uh, we were going previously to the Haven of Peace uh, Women's Shelter. And uh, and uh, my mother, and my wife, a few other ladies, Sister Didi was there involved in that. Sister Lauren, I think, was there for a time. Um, there may have been another one or two, but. Um, we're thankful, amen, because of that, sister, if we have Sister Felicia here, her family, amen. Leah's been coming on Sundays, and, and God's working her family, and and uh, the efforts that you and I have spent, amen, are not in vain, amen. And, and I believe that we're just, as a church, merely shifting gears, and uh, we're going to see God uh, bring us a harvest in, in the kids of the community, the community kids. And it's going to be a great, great harvest, Um when we first started here, I remember praying. I would pray here, and there were just a few of us, and I would look out, and I would see 50 chairs. And I was thinking, man. At first, it seemed very daunting when there's only like 10 people. 50 chairs. And I began uh, praying the Holy Ghost, and, and God began showing me, I can do 50. That's no problem. That's that's easy. Amen. 50 is 
Uh, and it's progress. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, but we have to continue to look forward uh, and to see what God will do in the future. Amen. And God will use you and I to see the church hit 100. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of giving, a lot of, as they say, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, but it is possible, amen, that people will um, catch the vision and work towards that. Uh, we're going to take... Um, we're going to take tonight and go a little bit slower, go through the scriptures. I hope everybody brought their Bible. Um, and we're going to, we may call on you to read a scripture or two uh, out loud. And uh, But to start out with, I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Psalms, chapter 119. And... Uh, Verse 11. I had downloaded the Bible on my iPad here. And uh, the app does not work. But I got me some backup. Amen. You always have to have a, amen, a backup plan. That the Word of God. You can rely on the Word of God. Amen. This is one book that doesn't go out. There's no... Software updates, amen, for the Bible, it is unchanged, amen. But Psalms 119, verse 11, uh, we're just going to dive right into it, and I'll tell you in a moment what we're going to be talking about. Psalms 119, and verse number 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And then verse number 16 of the same um, Chapter says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And then probably a page or two, uh, the same chapter, but verse number 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And uh, for a few moments tonight, just want to slow it down and talk to you tonight about my personal devotion, my personal devotion. And it must be a personal devotion. Amen. For each and every one of us, it must be something that we do personally uh, as young people. Amen. Um, you know, we have a, a few uh, minors in the house um, and their parents are no doubt leading them in, in, the, in the word of God. Uh, talking to Brother Darren a few a few uh, hours ago, and uh, he's saying I'm, I'm you know meeting with my family and we're talking about the Word of God and trying to teach them everything I know, and, and that's an that's a responsibility that we have as parents to teach our children. Uh, but there comes a point in the child's life, and we understand it as parents that the child must choose for themselves, they must decide for themselves, and it must be. Uh, it must be something that that child reaches a point in their life where they begin to say, thy word have I hid in my heart. Not my parents shoving it down my throat. Not my parents uh, trying to teach me and persuade me and, and, and everything that we do as, as parents to reach our kids. But there must come a point when you say, I'm going to hide. I am going to hide his word in my heart. And the only way you can hide his word in your heart is you get out the book, you get out the Bible and you begin to read it. And there should be times, uh, there should be a time in, in every one of our days where we individually, maybe as a couple, 
if you're married. But individually, you, you set out and you have a time. You just get that book out. And you begin to read it. And it's, it's maybe there's stuff going on all around you and it's loud. It's chaos. It's noisy because there's kids in the house. And maybe you find a quiet place in the house or maybe you get a you get a set of noise canceling headphones and you begin to just I'm going to study the word of God. I'm going to find some some peace. I'm going to get in the word of God. There is no excuse why none of us can uh, not get into the word of God and have some personal devotion. Uh, I was talking to uh, you know Sister Sister Terry a few days ago, and she said, you know, I have my personal devotion with God, and we got to have that, Sister Terry. we got to have that personal devotion. Uh, it must be something uh, that we, we make it a point. I'm going to make some personal time with, with just me and God. And I'm going to uh, turn off all of the different social media sites. I'm going to turn off all of the, all of the different entertainment uh, things that are out there and available. And I'm just going to open the Word of God and read it. I'm just going to open the Word of God and I'm going to read it. Uh, there's something that I, I came across in, in uh, you know, as in the last few years trying to really figure out how to be more successful in life, how to get ahead in life, and what are some successful things that people do, what are some things that successful people do, and one of them is called a bookend approach with how they live their life. And if you think of a bookend, uh, many of you no doubt have seen a bookshelf on, you know. Nailed up against the wall, screwed into the wall, and maybe it's just one shelf. And there's books on there or whatever items of decor on there. Uh, but invariably, if you have books on a shelf and there's no you know, right or left side that's going to hold that those books in, most people will put a book in on either side of that book, on either side of that shelf. They'll put one book in here and they'll put one book in there. And the reason is so that those books don't fall over. Those books, you know, they stay nice and tight. You can put a lot of books on the shelf. And similarly, uh, one thing that I would relate to you is uh, is the the concept of having some bookends in your life. Where what I mean by that is you start your day with something uh, centered around the Word of God, whether it be a time of prayer, uh, opening the Word of God. Meditating upon the word of God and, and, and just taking time out, just doing that for a moment. And and when you close your day on the other end of that bookshelf, if you will, another bookend is you take time out and you pray and you seek the face of God. You have your Bible out and you begin to read the word and you start your day with one bookend uh, of prayer, perhaps. And, and you end your day with the other bookend of reading the word of God. But. You make sure that your life is centered around God. And you make sure that your life has those things uh, on, on both sides that can keep you grounded, that can keep you, uh, keep your mind, keep your peace, keep your sanity. And there's something about hiding his word in your heart. Um, and I, I like to use just people in the church as examples because, hey, that's us. That's, you know, we, we minister one to another. We strengthen one another. I come to church and I see you in church and I feel like, man, they made it to the house of God. They got ready. I can do my part to get ready for the house of God. Uh, but a few uh, months ago, I think maybe a little bit over a year ago, the Hoyles were living with us. And, and there was many times sat in the living room and uh, before bed, and I would see Brother Josh pulling out his Bible. And I thought, man, that's that's good. A daily time of devotion. And, and what would happen if more of us, amen, employed those concepts, employed those practices of, of I'm going to daily have his word in my heart. I am going to hide his word in my heart. 
That doesn't mean I come to church and a preacher preaches to me and, and, uh, and, and I embrace it. That means I myself, I'm getting the word of God and I'm, I'm putting it in my heart. I'm hiding it in my heart. I'm going to get the word of God. I'm going to hide it in my heart. There, there, there ought to be time in every one of our days where we take out time for personal devotion with God. We take out time of seeking the face of God. God, I know that I'm married. I have a family. But God, for a few moments, just me and you, God. I made a choice a long time ago to live for you, God. And I want you to know today, God, that I still love you, God. I still want to know you, God. I still want to, I still want to get the word of God in my heart. And it must be personal devotion. It must be times where we say, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, not forget the word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and 18 says, uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I would tell you that it's not enough to just pray. Some of you, that may, that may sound like blasphemy, but it's not enough to just pray. Some people say, well, I, I pray. I spend my own time in prayer. But you've got to not just pray. The Bible says you've got to watch and pray. You've got to be uh, aware of what's happening in, in, uh, in what, the, what the devil's trying to do and to, to sway you or to, to knock you down, to knock you over. It's being vigilant. Because the Bible says your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And there's been times perhaps you've experienced it. I know I have where I've prayed. And I've gone right out and I've sinned. Because it's not just enough to pray. You've got to watch. You've got to be aware. You've got to say, you know what? Uh, I've been praying. And and then I get a phone call from my friends over here. who They're smoking weed and they want to hang out. Well, I'm going to I'm going to be watchful. I'm going to not do that. I could say, well, I prayed. I can overcome that. It's watch and pray. And it's Second uh, Timothy, chapter two and verse 15. If we could turn there for a few moments. Second Timothy, chapter two and verse 15. Who wants to read it? Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Thank you, Brother Darren. Not to me, not to your parents, not to uh, whomever, but study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, you can wrongly divide the word of truth if you're not careful. But you've got to make sure that you're studying to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. Amen. You uh, are searching out things, practices, preachings, teachings that we that we have here in the service. And perhaps you hear something preached or taught and you think, man. I better search that a little bit more to see if that's in the, in the word of God. That is 
that is a workman that needs not to be ashamed. That is saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to understand the things that are being preached behind the pulpit. I'm going to understand the things that are being taught. I'm going to make sure that I have it for myself. I have a good understanding of the word of God. And then we'll jump over to the book uh, to Psalms, chapter 122 and verse one. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I would tell you tonight, faithfulness to the house of God is part of your devotion to the things of God. Uh, faithfulness to the house of God is part of your devotion. It's not, it's, it's, it's all of these different things that we're talking about all wrapped up and all embodied in your life. If you have a life that is that has some bookends uh, where you're starting your day, the, there's plenty of references in the Word of God that teach us that we're to start our day early with prayer and seeking the face of God. And, and, and we book in the first part of our day with prayer. We book in the last part of it with, with the Word of God in our hearts uh, and all of these different things. And all, and all together, it's, it's praying with all prayer, praying always with all prayer and supplication. It's watching uh, it's studying to show yourself approved unto God. It's faithfulness to the house of God. All of those go hand in hand with your devotion to the things of God. Amen. I want my life to be devoted to the things of God. And I'm going to elaborate for a few more moments and found in the book of Matthew chapter 6. And we'll turn there. Matthew chapter 6. These are different facets or aspects of our devotion to the things of God. In other words, if you want to serve the Lord, if you want to please the Lord, amen, there's, these are different things that we're going to employ in our lives, amen, that are evidence of our faith. There, there, there must be evidence of our faith, church. And... Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 1 says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms. And just those few verses there, uh, the, those first few words in verse number 2. When thou doest thine alms. And this is not a problem we have, but you know it's worth uh, reestablishing from time to time. It's not... If you decide to give unto the Lord, it's when the Lord is. And keep in mind, these are the red letters of our Lord. He's not saying, well, it's optional here. He's saying, no, when you give your alms, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Don't do it to be seen of men. Amen. Don't don't, you know, to your horn and say, well, praise God. I gave, uh, you know, ten dollars in the offering tonight. If that maybe that's something I don't know, uh, everything everything matters. But the point is, is he's saying when you give your when you give your alms, everybody ought to be a part of giving to the house of God. Everybody ought to be a part of of furthering the kingdom of God. Everybody, Amen, has a part, has a role in one way or another in helping to advance the kingdom of God. We could skip, 
through in, in uh, chapter 6, and he, he goes on further. And when thou prayest, verse number 5, when thou prayest, when thou prayest, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. They love to pray standing in the synagogues to be seen of men. But make no mistake about it. God expects us to have a daily prayer life. He doesn't expect you to, to be on the corner there in, in Stockton and the busy part of downtown praying so loud. Oh, God, help me to be closer to you. And everybody's looking, man, this guy's been praying for two hours. <laughs> but it's when you pray and God has given us instruction uh, how, how to be uh and I, I'm trying to bring it to a central thought tonight of our the personal devotion. Amen. Every one of us ought to have a personal prayer life. Right. Every one of us ought to have a time where we sit down, kneel down, stand, walk around, and we pray. And I would tell you sometimes a trap that many people will fall into is they'll say, Well, I'm praying while I'm vacuuming the carpet. I'm praying while I'm driving down the road. And these are all good things. These are good things to keep your mind upon the Lord. I've done that many times. Praying down, going down the road, but there ought to be time when you just sit down and you pray. And there's nothing else that eats up your attention. Amen. You just pray. Amen. Some would say she was rude, but my mom was not rude. My mom would lock the door when we were kids and she would say, I'm praying. You can figure it out right now. I'm praying. And I, I never forget that. And there ought to be times when you say, you know what? Hold on to everything else for the next 60 minutes because I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to pray. We can move on to verse 16. And I'm thinking of a book Sister Joy Haney wrote called When You Fast. Good book. And verse 16 says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. But there is expectation of how we are to be devoted to God. And there should be times, whether it be a meal, a day during each week, where we say, I'm going to push aside the plate. And we and we just say, God, I'm going to dedicate this sacrifice to you. My stomach's talking to me. It's growling. My neighbors at work can hear my stomach growling. But God, this meal... I'm going to dedicate to you and I'm going to put it aside. And I'm going to I'm going to get my Bible. And I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to set, take some time. I'm going to go to my car. And I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to put my get my Bible. I'm going to read the word of God. There, there was many times and I'm only telling you this, you know, so you can know it's possible. There are many times that I was at work and, and I would take uh, I would skip lunch and I would just go to my car. And I'd put a jacket over my face. So people would think I was. Psycho, and I would just pray. I would I would get in the car. I would I would go and I'd pray, and I'd call out to God. There's other times that you know in Modesto when it's so hot and there's no Delta breeze and it's burning up and there's no shade trees. I would just walk the parking lot and I would pray, and I was fast. And I, and, and it's possible, it's possible to take aside some moments and to seek the face of God. Uh, but it's so important, Amen, that we take some time out during our week. And we fast. Amen. Fasting's for everybody. Fasting's not just for the, the uber spiritual in the church. It's for everybody. 
You can put aside, maybe it's a, starting out with a snack. Usually I have my afternoon snack. Whatever you got to do to start, start out, but start. And say, so I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put aside some time. I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I'm going to seek the face of God. Colossians chapter four and verse number two. Why don't we turn there for a moment? Somebody read that. Colossians 4 and 2. Sister Camarita. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Amen. It's continuing in prayer. Amen. Your personal devotion to God should be continuous prayer life. In other words, not just Sunday morning, not just Wednesday night to get spiritual and to get prayed up before you come to church. But it should be continuing in prayer. Continuing in prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The very next book over. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Amen. And this is what we were talking about a moment ago. When you're, you're driving down the road and you're, or you're vacuuming the, the, the floor of the house. And you're doing laundry and you're... And you've got your mind upon the Lord and you're praying without ceasing. You're keeping, you're keeping your mind stayed upon the things of God. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19. Quench not the spirit. Don't squash what God wants to do in your life. Because you have other plans. Amen. There's, there's going to be times when, and, uh, as you're seeking the face of God, you're devoting yourself to the things of God. And the Holy Ghost sweeps into, into your life for a few moments, like, like more than you've, you've experienced before. And you say, well, I have to do this other thing here. And you turn off the Holy Ghost. Don't turn off the Holy Ghost. Don't quench the Spirit. That's why there's many times in, in a church service here where we're trying to feel after the Holy Ghost. We're trying to allow God to, to lead us and to guide us. And we don't want to just keep moving through the service uh, and quench the Spirit. But we want to allow God's Spirit to have His, His way in our lives. Uh, despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 12 I'd like Brother Terrence to read this one. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Amen. Talking to the young people. Don't let anybody despise your youth. Don't let anybody uh, say, well, you're too young. You can't live for God. You're too young. God can't use you. You're too young. Uh, this and that. Uh, I remember when I was, 
I think I was probably like, you know, 10 or 11 years of age. Uh, my parents were pastoring and we were in the back room of our house uh, there on Fifth Street. And uh, I remember as a, as a very young boy, uh, feeling the Spirit of God, feeling the Holy Ghost, and beginning to lift up my hands for the first time in, in church. And I would lift up my hands in, in service and I would cry and I would worship God. And I remember there was, uh, our, our neighbor was coming, uh, began coming to church with us at the time. And, uh, and I remember my brothers and, and my, my neighbor, they were looking my way in church. And I remember them laughing at me and pointing at me and, and kind of mocking me a little bit. And as a young boy, I said, man, I, I don't want to, I don't know if, you know, I want to keep doing that because I don't want to be ridiculed. I don't want people to look at me funny and, and mock me. Uh, and I, so, so for a while there, it stopped me. It hindered me from living for God, from worshiping God in church. And, uh, you know, the Duarte kids, the, the Dooley kids, the, the rest of the youth group, there's going to be times when you're, 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 you know, you want to be accepted. You want your friends that you bring to church. You want others to, to still view you in a positive light. But there's going to be times when you say, you know what? I'm just going to let my light shine. I'm going to be me. I'm not going to let... Others despise my youth. I'm not going to let others say, well, why are you doing that? That's for the old people. That's for uh, somebody else. That's not cool. That's not this or that. But I'm going to. The Bible says, despise not thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers. In other words, there's, there's a role that the young people play. There's a role that the youth group plays uh, in being an example to, of the believers. Not just to the sinners. Amen. But do you do you know that the church looks at the youth group in some ways for an example? The Bible says, be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, all of these different areas. Amen. The young people can be devoted to God. The young people can have a walk with God. The young people can carry themselves in such a way that others will will say, man, what an example. What an example. Look at those young people. Amen. They they could be out uh, in, involved in all the different uh, little league games and sports, but they're on a Saturday morning outreach. Look at these young people. They they could be at the they could be at the prom dance on but on Friday night they're in youth. And there's an example that the young people play. There's a there's a role that the young people play. It's part of our devotion. It's part of our living for God where it becomes personal. It's going to be my God. It's going to be my God, Brother Terrence. My, my parents love God. Your parents love God. But there comes a point in our lives where we say it's going to be for me now. It's going to be for me now. And I'm going to walk with God. I am going to hide His Word in my heart. My parents have done it. They've hid the word of God in their hearts, but now I am going to hide his word in my heart. It's going to be my personal devotion, my walk with God. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to serve him. And I want to know him for myself. Just a few more verses and then we're done. We're going to conclude Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Here it is again. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. 
Amen. The importance of faithfulness to the house of God. Amen. Not forsaking getting together says what as what we're doing here tonight. The Bible says and so much the more. Amen. So much the more as you see the day approaching. What happens when you uh, are assembling together with people of like precious faith? There's exhorting one to another that takes place. Perhaps you come in uh, weak, exhausted, share a struggle with the brother and say, man, I had that last week and God helped me overcome. And you feel like, man, it's going to be all right. I'm not the only one going through it. And you feel strength and you feel encouraged. Uh, there's exhorting one another that takes place. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. There is a blessing that happens, amen, when we submit ourselves to godly authority in our lives. Amen. It's not, it's, it, there's different aspects and, 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 uh, Precepts, parts of uh, our devotion to God, where it's directly to God. And this part here is one with another. It's obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy. Amen. I, my goal, one of, one of my goals, amen, when I was attending church in San Jose, was I want to be a good saint for my pastor to pastor. And I don't want to look at me and say, man, here comes Nate. Bunch of trouble, drama, and can't get his act together. And up one, you know, I wanted to be someone that, you know, he says, hey, I can, I can use that young man. He's a blessing. He's a help. He's an encouragement. And, and I wanted to be someone that he could uh, give an account for and do so with joy. And, and that should still be our desire. Amen. I, I want to be someone, amen, that, uh, that's easy to pastor. Amen. We're going to have problems. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Man, we all have problems. Every one of us has problems. But by the grace of God and employing these practices and different things in our lives, amen, God will help us to be what we need to be. And the final verse tonight is in Jude, verse 20 and 21. book of Jude right before Revelation but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life but verse 20 is what I want to finish with tonight it says but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are built up. You are strengthened. When you pray in the Holy Ghost. There's so much to living for God. Amen. If you if you have a heart to please God. It becomes an easy walk. It becomes a lot easier than it would otherwise. But what I want to conclude with tonight. Is when you pray. Don't just Fulfill an obligation. Don't just say, well, I'm going to be a devout Christian. 
by you know uh, earthly standards, but when you get when you get in in the presence of God, you begin to bend your knee or lay down, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. And man, I can't stress that enough. To when you pray, pray through. Don't just uh, don't be satisfied to just fill up. You know, whether it be your one hour uh, time slot of praying and, and then walk away without ever praying through. But make sure that you say, you know what. Maybe it's 55 minutes into the praying, and you're like, man, I still feel dry. I still feel dead. And you begin to pick up the level of fervency and, and urgency and say, God, you've got to, I've got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, God. I've got to get through. And as you begin to pray the effectual, fervent prayer, it begins to avail much, and the Holy Ghost begins to come down. And you've been, you've been employing faithfulness to the house of God with the fasting, the, the praying, the giving, the faithfulness to the house of God, and all of the different things, obeying them to have the rule over you. And then you begin at the final moment saying, God, I've got to get through to you. God, I've got to touch you. I've got to get through to the Holy Ghost. And when you pray through the Holy Ghost, amen, it changes everything. It changes everything in your home. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. It changes relationships. It helps you to overcome bitterness. It helps you to to overcome different things in life. Amen. When it comes to praying, if you're starting out for the first time, it may, as my father told me, it may just be five minute prayer. God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know all the words like everybody else prays pretty, but it's just me, God. And I, I want to pray, God. I'm asking you to help me to pray. And you begin to articulate your struggles. You begin to articulate your heart and your burden to the Lord. God, help me to pray the way that the preacher's preaching about. Help me to pray the way my pastor's preaching about, God. Help me to pray, God. Teach me to pray, God. And God, will, as you begin to open up your heart to God, God will begin to move in your midst and your atmosphere. You, you may say, well, I'm just trying to get to five minutes and every 60 seconds is the longest 60 seconds of my life. But I guarantee as you begin to open your heart to God and you begin to say, God, these are the different areas in my life where I need you to intervene. And these are the different areas in my life. God, I'm struggling to fast. I'm struggling to pray. But God, would you help me to pray? And I'm going to tell you, as you begin to seek the face of God, amen, you feel your help beginning to come. Amen. I lift up my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Our help comes from Him. Amen. You can pick up books and self-help books and leadership books and try to get all the different uh, all the different material and digest and ingest it. But at the end of the day, you've got to have the Spirit of God helping you unless those things become not. Amen. And they become of no effect. But if you have the help of the Holy Ghost, if you allow the Spirit of God to work, amen, this must be a work of the Holy Ghost. Everything that we do in this church must be led of the Holy Ghost. It must be Spirit-led. Amen. We've got to say, God, lead me in prayer right now. Help me to pray for the right things. Amen. You say, well, I'm going to read my Bible. God, show me the right chapter to read. God, direct my fingers to go to the right pages. God, God, when I fast, God, help me to fast for the right thing. God, put that burden on my heart. God, help me to be faithful. And you begin to ask God, help me to live 
for you, God. Help me to make it. Help me to overcome. Amen. God wants you to succeed. God wants this church to be an overcoming church. God wants this church to be victorious. It's His will. It's His will. It's His will. Hallelujah. We are something that God has invested in. Amen. And God, amen, does not go back on His investments. God doesn't walk away from his investments. Amen. You can stand to your feet. Amen. And we're going to close with the word of prayer. Amen. We pray that something we've said.